Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, (laughs) He rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, And between Tony and I, we probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome Browns Backers, it's Chuck Campisi joined by Tony Dick and this is Believe in the Browns. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Browns Believe on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can check out Believe Podcasts, that's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. Tony, the draft is coming up, we know it. There are plenty of bets you can make on betonline.ag. Who's going to go first? Who's going to go second? Who's going to be the first overall uh, defensive player picked? How many cornerbacks are going to be drafted in the first round? All of that easily done. Betonline.ag. Betonline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Tony, I know everybody has Trevor Lawrence. He is going number one. I don't think there's much debate about that. However, the next few spots... Um, I don't know, potential there for a lot of folks to slide in. Uh, it seems like Justin Fields is sliding down draft boards. Um, Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance, Lance uh, seem to be moving up. I'm uh, not 100% certain on that in terms of why, but that seems to be the case. I am not necessarily sold on Fields, but selecting him after Trey Lance – 
is a little odd. At least yeah. Zach Wilson was competing against uh, Division One programs uh, at the FBS level and not the FCS level. So you have some challenges there. What do you think of uh, the NFL draft coming up here? Well, I got to believe that that slide. I have a theory that uh, Bill Belichick might be behind that, um, so that he slides all the way down to uh, the Patriots. Um, I don't get it. I, I mean, I, I'm be I'm be honest with you. I mean, I don't understand. Um, you, you know, I, I get Mac Jones. I guess I get a little bit, but I don't see Mac Jones at three. I I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I, I guess it. I guess you're looking at fit, maybe, but I, I don't know how he fits in with the the Forty ers any more than than Fields. I, I so for a lot of the uh, mocks that I'm looking at, they have uh, you know Mac Jones there. They have Fields sliding, but I I think if I'm obviously maybe one is definitely going to be Trevor Lawrence, but even if I'm the Jets, two or three, I, I'm I'm. To at least taking a look at him, sniffing at him. I I don't think he should be dropping, you know, to the bottom of the first round. I, I don't understand that, but um, I don't know. I, I think any misinformation out there, I got I, I got to believe or I want to believe that it's Bill Belichick who's behind it, pulling the strings. That's just my theory. Yeah, see if uh, we can get that one to stick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't see obviously him falling that far, but it, it would be interesting to see uh, kind of how it takes place. And that's the thing. I, I am not. Uh, I mean, I I'm not a huge. Maybe I'm a, a odd NFL fan in that I think the combine is stupid. Uh, the underwear Olympics, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, I think it adds very little from a value standpoint, uh, and. Well, I understand the importance of the draft. Nobody knows anything. No. Right? I mean, no one knows anything. And, and you know, these people talk about, oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. no offense. The Patriots draft history, really? Not that great. Yeah. Right? You're like, yeah, you got Tom Brady. And you know what? You took him in the sixth round. You got lucky. Yeah. Like, if you would have known Tom Brady was Tom Brady, every team in the league would have traded their entire draft that year for the number one pick, right? So the coaching at the Patriots is what made that team what it is, not necessarily the quality of their drafting. Like, yes, they've had some good players. They have busted on a ton of guys if you look at at their draft history. Plus, you look at some of it, you know, I was talking about it before, um, you know, just the guys obviously that I'm intimately familiar from watching a lot of their college football games, from watching my alma maters. You're talking Andre Sisco and Ifatu. Malay, Finwu, right? There are folks that have them. Some folks have them in the first round. Some fo- majority of folks have them in the second round. Then some folks have them in the third round, yeah. like late third round. So it's anywhere from late first round to late third round. It's like, okay, that's, you don't, nobody knows yeah. what's going to happen. So it's, you know, when you're talking, you know, people, oh, what's your mock drafts? What's your mock? You know what? I have, let's see, I have right now, if I'm looking at my my board, shall we say, I have seven picks that I would be happy with the Browns making in the first round. I have 13 players that I would be happy with the Browns taking in the second round. And then I have 15 players I'd be happy with the Browns taking in the third round because you don't know who's going to be uh, the further away you go. Some yeah. people are like, Oh, I got a seven. I got my seven round mock. 
dude, you have no freaking clue who's no. going to be available, who's going to fall, who's going to. So if you're like, oh, I got my three guys that I want in that round. No, you need to have a huge list of different players, just like a team does of, hey, you know, I'd be happy with any of these guys um, from a draft standpoint. You know, and again, we're talking about it. It's it, it's good that we're not worried about necessarily that top of that draft. That means there is some quality talents on this team for the uh, first time in a while. And, and if you're looking at it for me, again, I know we talked about it last time. I, I've added some guys that I'd like to see. Uh, you know, I mentioned Jason Alway last time. I mentioned Xavier Collins, the linebacker. Um, you know, one of the other guys now that – it looks like we do need some help at the defensive tackle spot. Yeah. Right. I, I, I would definitely be happy with Christian Bearmore from, from Alabama, the defensive lineman there, you know, six, five, 310 pounds. Uh, and then we did mention him, uh, I believe last time, but again, the guy from Notre Dame that seems to be climbing the draft board, uh, Jeremiah Owuso Koromoa uh, seems to be kind of the hot pick and and just knowing the needs we have at linebacker, um, I'd love to have a guy like that step in to the team. So, I mean, and then there's a couple other guys I have on there. You know, Caleb Fari, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, might be a guy. But you got to have a, a group of folks that you would be happy with. Yeah, and, and you know, the one thing uh, I, I was thinking about this morning, I mean, we're sitting 26, we've got – We've got we're doubled up, aren't we? In the two and three? No, or no, three just and four. One, one and two doubled up in three. Three and four. Yeah. Um, you know, what are our thoughts about packaging some stuff up, those extra picks and moving up? I, I mean, because I, I like the uh, the Caleb Far- and people are going to think I'm crazy because I'm saying move up to get a DB, but we, I mean, as good as our defensive back looks on paper, uh, I, I mean. I don't know. They're they're made of glass. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I, I would agree with you. I, and that's the thing. I don't think you necessarily have to move up because I think there is some depth to this draft in, in those roles. So I would I would I'm of the this is where I am generally of the Bill Belichick ilk in that sense. I'm much more prone to to want to trade down and just get more picks. Like I just much rather have a ton more picks than think I'm smart and be like, I know this guy's going to pan out. Yeah. Right. I'd much rather say, Hey, you know what? I really, none of us really freaking know. So, you know what? Give me three shots later for this one super early shot. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll play the Vegas odds and hope that one of those three guys is going to turn out to be better than that one guy that I just know is is going to be because how many times has it been? Oh, this guy's. I mean, like I said, how many times have people come back from Browns drafts over the last twenty years and been like, "Man, everybody we drafted sucked." Yeah, well, <laughs> and and then and, right, it rarely happens in terms of right after the draft. But then you look at the way it's kind of panned out, and it's been like, yeah. "Oh no, everybody doing your did draft kind of sucked." Uh, so would be we would would we be willing to move down then? to collect more picks i i would be i would be if somebody if somebody wants to trade us even uh, our first round pick or a second round pick i mean the second round picks are tough because you know i i'm of the preference i don't like to really go any later than third mm-hmm. right and so you know a second round pick this year are you really going to get a first round pick for it next year 
eh, it's probably going to be next year's second round pick and, and maybe a third and, and throw something else in. So we'll see. It would depend what the offer was, but I would definitely be open to it because I, I'm of the, again, I'm of the oak that the more picks, the better. Yeah. And, and the more picks, I, I would even go, you know, you go four rounds the t- in the top four rounds, five, six, and seven, you're really taking flyers uh, in that standpoint. The number of elite level players that come out of five, six, and seven, does it happen? Yeah, it does. But yeah. does it happen on a regular basis where it's more valuable than those picks in those, those first four rounds? Um, so I would much rather have a little bit more depth in those um, four rounds, specifically the first, you know, the two and three. Um, but that's the way it goes, uh, you know. And then if you're looking, I mean, if you're looking at round two, man, I got a ton of guys. I got a couple offensive linemen, you know, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, Landon Dickerson from Alabama, uh, you know, uh, a couple other, uh, a linebacker, Nick Bolton from Missouri. Couple edge rushers, Carlos Basham and uh, Peyton Turner, Wake Forest and Houston, uh, Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech. You know, if we don't fill that uh, defensive line role, a couple safeties, and I do have. This is where I, I threw a couple, a couple outliers in um, to help those Ohio State fans. I did throw in Baron Browning. Uh, <laughs> I, I had uh, Terrence Marshall and Rashad Bateman. Uh, wide receivers. So Bateman, I had seen, obviously, uh, as a Minnesota guy, you know, and and this is where we mentioned it last time. The Browns should not take a receiver under six foot. Bateman is 6'2", does have some breakaway speed capability. The only thing that would make me not want to draft Terrence Marshall at and it's stupid is he went to LSU. Yeah. Because it's like, but he's 6'3", he has all the skills. And so that's that's the type of guy I think the Browns need on this roster. And if you're going to take that shot, I think that second round is the time to take that shot. And, and one of those two guys would be, if you were going to go to the offensive side of the ball, other than offensive line for anything, in the first two or three rounds, I think that's that's the spot you go to. Yeah, Marshall, that'd be weird though. You know, having to line up next to a guy that used to pay you. Oh, no. hey, Ooh. Ew. <laughs> 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 just uh, you know, just J.K. J.K. Um, no, it, I, I, I think I, I don't know. The more the more we look at it, I, I know we're going to refine our our picks here. We're kind of poking around the edges. I, I I like where we're at at 26 because I feel like you know we're far enough back that um, you know that means we're a winner. But we're, we're I think this draft is deep enough at the positions we need we require that man. There's there's still you know I like the the you know the kid from Notre Dame. I like if you just shorten his name up, we'll just call him Jok. Jok. I like him, you know, that the Collins from Tulsa. I mean, if he were there, we're, I'm cool with that. There's a, a bunch of uh, cornerbacks out there. Um, Barmore, the D lineman from Alabama. I mean, he's he'd be great up the middle. I, I wouldn't complain if we got him, uh, you know. But um, I know everybody's devastated that Sheldon left, you know, this week. But, but you know, with that – He's approaching, you know, what, 30? He's 30. 31. This will be his yeah. 31, year 31 season. And yeah. I, I, 
and he had a high number of sacks for the number of pressures and QB hits that he got. So I think his numbers might have been artificially inflated. I, I think it, it's it's to a certain extent overvaluing what you have mm-hmm. to a certain extent from a Browns fan standpoint. Like, oh, we love, and that's where it's like, oh, we love this guy. Dude, this is a business, yeah. right? It, it, and you're in the business of winning games. It's not in the business of, I really like this guy. He's a good person. Does that help? Yeah, it's nice when you can have a guy like a Derek Brooks or something like that and play their whole career there and have an elite level talent. And all. But yeah. you know what? That's that's not how it works. I don't expect teams to be loyal. I don't expect players to be loyal. No, and and, and so we're we're sitting. I think if if Caleb Farley, I got two guys that I really like. If Caleb Farley could fall to us because I think he's probably going to get picked a little bit higher. But if he could fall to us or, you know, if we felt like we, nah, I don't know if we'd jump up to get him, but if he fell to us, he'd be great. And, and I do love Barmore uh, as a defensive tackle. I mean, just kind of a little sneak peek to our, our picks on, um, our picks on Monday. Uh, we'll put them together, but I, I, I like that. I like either one of those two that Barmore's a stud, man. I mean, I mean, and what I do have to say is coming on the heels of 420, Ooh. support for our podcast is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source for high quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. Tony, I know uh, we've used some CBD. Oh, yeah. Uh, the gummies. Uh, I was using it down in uh, when we were down at Super Bowl 55, right? Get, get the kinks out, loosen up a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it helps. I think it helps with the sleep. Uh, it helps with the muscle soreness. All right. So it's, it's a good thing right now. If you buy one of the just live new gummy products, you get one free. There mm-hmm. are six different benefits to choose from. And instead of choosing just one, visit justlive.com and use code support to buy one, get one free again, buy one, get one free of the new gummies with code support at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code support. And while maybe you're using something slightly stronger than CBD, you might need some sunglasses to protect your eyes. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Tony, I know we both have pairs of Canaan now. Oh, yeah. Pretty sweet. Work well, pretty well. You know, here in Northeast Ohio, we really needed them the other day, you know, to uh, keep the snow glare, the snow glare <laughs> off my eyes. People <laughs> underestimate the snow glare. Having lived in Minnesota for a period of time, you know, it. Yeah. you need sunglasses just as much in the winter as yeah. you need them in the summer. See, either that, that or, either that or pre- prepare to be called squints. Oh, Nobody wants to be called squints. Squints. <laughs> <laughs> Go kiss Wendy Peppercorn, right? Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's KananCast, K A E. N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15. Kanan, clearly better. Tony, looking forward to the draft. Uh, I mentioned a couple of the guys that I had for for round two. But before we get there, there were a couple changes. The NFL uh, competition committee uh, making a few changes. Nothing really substantial. 
the numbers that players can wear uh, because of quote unquote expanded practice squads, uh, you know, and then the one year attempt to make it easier to recover uh, onside kicks uh, nine players within 25 yards of the ball. So we'll see how kind of how that plays out. Um, And, and that'll be interesting. Then I, and I can't even believe, I don't even know if I remember the last time this happened, but, and I can't believe it wasn't a rule previously. They eliminated overtime in preseason games. Uh, could you imagine being an NFL player and having to play overtime in a preseason game? Like, yeah. I think it would be over yeah. on the kickoff, right? I mean, yeah. do you just kick it off and lay down and then <laughs> you just, just, you got it. Well, unless you're fighting for a spot, you know, unless you're unless you're the guy, you know, trying to make the team as the kick returner. I mean, uh, or or the special teamer of, on a tackle. But I, I don't know. To me, I, I'm at I'm at the point now where uh, I mean, I feel like we should just let's let's just quit the dance. Let's go to the two preseason games and let's go to an 18 game season. And yes, definitely eliminate overtime. I mean, yeah, it makes me think of I don't know if you were watching. Last night, or uh, Lucas Sims with the Reds, they were playing in like freezing rain, and like he didn't think they should be playing, yeah. and he was pitching, and so the catcher would throw him a ball, and he'd grab it and he'd throw it away, like uh, I need a new ball, and he just kept doing that. Yeah. <laughs> he did, and then the the umpire comes out, and he's like firing balls at him, and he just keeps grabbing them and throwing them, like, hey, I'm not pitching in this. Yeah, that would that would be uh, that's my version of what an NFL player uh, <laughs> thinking about overtime in a preseason game. Uh, also taunting, right? A point yeah. of emphasis. Uh, the finger pointing was specifically mentioned. Uh, it's getting out of hand. Not directed at celebrations, but toward acrimonious interactions among players. Tony, yeah, I'm sure most of the players going to know what that means. <laughs> or you're going to be thinking about that as acrimonious. Yeah, yeah, is this acrimonious what I'm doing right yeah, there? Yeah. And people are like, oh yeah, today's players. It's like, oh, have you seen some of the photos of players in the past? Oh, the yeah. Defensive players standing over quarterbacks, literally well, pointing at them. I remember uh, a couple years ago, I was at NFL Films, and I went through and I was watching some old Steelers Raiders uh, games in the '70s. And, and there was a play where I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it was like 76 and um, Stallworth reaches for a ball and it's like sails over his head probably by about two feet. He proceeds to take about four steps and, you know, slows down almost. And then Lester Hayes comes out of nowhere and just blasts his ass and knocks him <laughs> to the ground. I mean, it was like it was like he goes up. Ball goes over his head. He comes down. He takes four steps. He gets blasted. No flags. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. Uh, I mean, um, maybe not taunting, but uh, I mean, come on. I, I, I just, I think it's to me, it's ridiculous. Um, any of those rules, I, I get that you want sportsmanship in the game, but if you have to legislate sportsmanship, do you really have sportsmanship? I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of my thought. Yeah, I mean, and to a certain extent, like. I don't know, but it, 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 is celebrating an achievement a lack of sportsmanship? 
I mean, that's the thing. It's like sometimes. Well, if there's acrimonious well, finger pointing there. Actually, yes. I mean, some of the times, it's like some of the. I mean, they got better about it last year. They yeah. did get. I, I will give credit to the NFL and their officials that last year they did get a little bit better about it. But in the past, it's like a guy's doing a dance because he scored a touchdown. He's not even looking at anyone else on yeah. the opposing team. But it's like, hey, dude, you just scored a touchdown. Like, great. Okay, well, you should be able to celebrate. Like, yeah. As a fan, probably the most frustrating thing to me isn't the individual celebrations. It's the league-sanctioned, moronic, uh, we got a camera in the end zone. Everybody run over to the camera and act like a goofball and take yourself. I mean, that to me was <laughs> – like the first couple times it happened, it was great. But then as the season wore on, I'm like, are we going to have to deal with this every game? I mean, this is, is this really becoming a thing here? Um, uh, yes. So, yeah, yes. it yeah. is. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I guess it was non-acrimonious, so it was – allowed but uh you know i don't know to me i just i'm a barry sanders guy man score your touchdown hand the ball over to the the ref and act like you've been there you know the jim brown i agree but still i mean i i don't have any i don't have any problem with people doing uh some celebrations do a little dance you know no you've always been an icky woods guy you gotta love icky man yeah Gotta love it. <laughs> Not, nothing wrong with a little bit of the shuffle. Yeah. It's never it. really an Icky Woods uh, fan, but I was in the Meat Cutters Union. Oh, uh, so. hey. <laughs> <laughs> and 95% of the audience did not get that joke. Yeah, that's, that's okay. all right. So. You can believe that. Oh. Oh. Hey. So what do you got, Tony? <laughs> do you want to talk? I mean, I mentioned a little bit of the guys that I had for my second round pick. Any, anything on that? Or do you just want to wait till? Uh, uh, well, for, for, well, so Grill Cox, we could bring in another LSU guy uh, at safety, right? And maybe he won't get hurt like Grandpa Dilpit did. Hey, hey, to me, um, you know. He's I, a linebacker. But. I, I think you, you got to go with your top schools. I, I think you bring in as many Alabama and Ohio State guys as you possibly can. And. <laughs> And, and go from yeah. there. No, I, I mean I don't know if I'm if I'm talking second round. I mean where we're at in the second round, um, you, you know not not to sit here and pretend to be uh, you know college expert. I, I've looked at some of the mocks that are out there. Some of them are confusing. I think the guys doing the CBS mock draft um, may have done it on 420 because uh, <laughs> I, I, some of the picks that they've got going on here. I just I don't know what's going on with this. But but um, anyhow, I would say you know. We talked about this last week, like three weeks ago, I would have said all linebackers, all cornerbacks all day, right? Um, now, obviously, we we may have a hole at defensive tackle that we need to fill, but I still think we, we take best available, um, you know, players. So if, if, if that's the case... Um, you know, and we are in that second round. I'm okay with taking uh, Marshall. A lot of people would say, "Why are we taking a wide receiver? We're going to have OBJ back." Yeah, we don't know that. And 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 the reality is, even if we have OBJ back, you, you still have to keep refreshing the talent. You, well, you know? and, and you don't know how good he's going to be. Again, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is is you're making this assumption. Oh, you got OG, OBJ back. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He hasn't been exactly spectacular with the Browns to yeah. begin with, and now he's recovering from an ACL injury. Well, and let's say he does come back and he and he is fantastic. Okay, are you going to be upset with the fact that we have Landry, OBJ, and Marshall? No, 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 I mean, I, come I, on, I, I, it's like come on. Man. I mean, it certainly would make um, uh, Baker's life a little easier if you got those three laid out there as wide receivers with maybe Hollywood as your fourth. You, you we're set at tight end. We're set at. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, you know, maybe that takes the pressure off your defense and you don't have to have an elite defense. I mean, you just have to have a defense that can, you know, maybe stop 
the opposition every once in a while. <laughs> Which I think I think we have. Even yeah. if we don't add any talent in this draft, I think. Yeah, the, so the Browns are a competitive team regardless. This is an opportunity for us to take it to a next level. Yeah. And, and if we're going to do that, we take best available talent. So, I mean, to me, when we get into that second round, I don't think we necessarily need to have our blinders on and just be thinking defense, defense, defense. Just take the best available guy. And I, I think if a kid like Marshall falls to us, um, we take him. I, I mean, I don't, I, I'd even be so. I'd even go so far as to say if there's an offensive lineman that's out there that that we feel is versatile, we take the offensive lineman. Well, like I said, yeah. I mean, Landon Dickerson or Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame and Alabama. I mean, those two guys, uh, if you have those needs at offensive line. I mean, And like you said, it's not that you have that need right now. It's that, you know, guys get hurt. Yeah. Uh, so Well, we've added a game to the season. You know, we talked about that last week. We're, we're no longer playing in, in – you know, two things I, when, when I look at Barry for this draft, we're no longer playing for a 16-game season. It's a 17-game it's a regular season, but we're looking to play 20 games. So you got to make sure you got enough horses to get you 20 games. Okay, and the other problem I, I was seeing, um, you know, when we talk about just the difficulty of the draft this year is just the lack of film. I, I was thinking about that this morning. Like the lack of film on the players that are in the draft because well, of really, the lack of actually games. only Big Ten. Everybody else pretty much played a full season. Well, I mean, there were some yeah, teams yeah. that didn't obviously had some had some issues, but I mean, uh, hey, you know, a lot of those teams did play a lot of games. So, but yeah. you do have a well outside of Alabama, film. You yeah, do, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Reduced, reduced film. And um, well, and then you had some players who just chose to sit out. I mean, which is well, that's the thing. I mean, and that's where you know it was you know kind of worked out in Bateman's favor that the Big Ten delayed so long because he was gonna sit out. Yeah. Uh, and then they waited so long that he was like, "All right, fine, I gotta play." Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think the biggest thing is that you know going back to the offensive line would would we have Two months ago, even considered drafting an, an offensive no, lineman. No, I, I, I mean, think and that's the that's the that's what it is about. Hey, have, making sure you have uh, a good off season. Yeah, you put together a good off season. It does change it, and you know, I, I mentioned it the other day because uh, oh, now I can't remember his name. The guy that covers the Browns for ESPN, right? Um, you know, Trotter. Like he essentially wrote an article on Monday that was our podcast from last week. Uh, where it was, hey, you know what? They've had such a great offseason. They filled the holes they needed to fill that the draft has now become best available. It's no longer we definitely need this. Yes, there are still needs. The areas that have more need than other areas on the roster, but if there is a game-changing talent out there at a specific position, you take that person regardless of, of position. Which, which, you know, let's let's just get it out there. I mean, if if he is stealing our podcast, like, what, you know, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> you know, let's just stop. There we okay. go. There we'll we let, go. we'll give you the opportunity to stop, and then after that, you know, you'll hear, <laughs> hear from our attorneys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You better believe it. Now, ah, uh, so oh, I think that's all we have for you today. I don't want to keep you more than necessarily uh, a half hour. But yeah. uh, we'll wrap it up here. So I'll probably do an early, early week podcast. Maybe we'll do a, a Friday cast as well uh, next week to just kind of recap the first round. Yeah. 
how that turned out for the Browns, what we think happened. Uh, you know, maybe they do trade down. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen uh, from that standpoint. But it'll be definitely interesting to see. I'm excited that it's going to be here in Cleveland. I'll be out there uh, hanging out. We know we got a ton of students working it, so hopefully they'll enjoy it. It should be good, and hopefully the weather holds off for us. I mean, I, I guess that for me yesterday, as uh, as we look at next week's calendar, I was thinking, man, if this week was next week, we would have not been in a good situation. I mean, it's hard to hold a golf tournament in uh, six inches of snow, but um, yeah, I, I think we're going to be fine, though. I, I, it looks a little, it's a little rainy at this point, but uh, you know. If, if Tuesday and Wednesday could have been Thursday and Friday uh, next week, based on the forecast right now, that would probably be better. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday look like they're going to be in the 80s, and then Thursday and Friday look a little rainy, yeah. 60-ish, So, which is you know, okay. par for the course, shall we say. But that's all, all right. we got for you, Browns backers. We'll talk to you next week. All right, chub check, 420, free Gordon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.